So today we continue in the book of Philippians. We're now in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, we're going to be looking at verses 6 to 9. So if you have your Bible, why don't you turn there with me today? If you don't have your Bible, our internet's down, so you probably can't access through your phone. So, it'll be up on the screen behind you. If you haven't been with us through the Philippian series, listen, I encourage you to go back and to listen to some of the previous messages because it builds up to this, right? So, so the book of Philippians isn't one verse here and one verse there. It's, it's a whole letter, and it's important to understand it within the context of the letter. So go back and listen, and I pray that the Lord encourages you through that. But let's start by reading the passage here this morning, verses 6 through 9. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we ask that you would communicate your truth today. Father, again, we thank you that we don't have to make up truth in a world where it seems like so many people are debating what true truth is, we have the answer, and the truth is you. And Lord, we pray that this morning your words would be clearly spoken and clearly heard. Be glorified in this place, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is one of the anxiety passages in Scripture. There are other ones that talk about worry. There are other ones that talk about fear. But this is, this is one of the most famous ones, right? We also have Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus talks. We'll get there in a minute. But let me share something. But before we work into this passage today, I think it's important that this passage does not remove or discourage the importance of Christian counselors in the world today. Um, as we, we look at dealing with anxiety, when we look at the Bible, we look at the whole counsel of God's Word, and we see, we see in the Bible the importance of different gifts that God has different, given different people and the importance of being in community, right? The importance of being in community. So I want to say that before we get any farther today. I am a, I'm a huge proponent of Christian counselors. I think they are vital. I think they are great and important. And so um, this passage does not discourage that in any way, sense, or form. But let me ask you this question this morning as we start. Are you a worrier? Are you someone that worries? A lot? A little bit? I think we know the answer to that. If you're someone who spends a lot of time being worried, the truth is everybody worries about something. But there are people that tend to worry more than others. There was a study done by Benenden in the UK, a healthcare company, that showed that people, on average, spend 14.31 hours per week worrying. 14 hours. That means people spend approximately 744 hours a year Worrying, which equals to 45,243 hours of worry in a lifetime, which equals 1,885 days of worry in a lifetime, which equals 5.2 years of your life is spent worrying, according to this statistic. Now, again, everybody's different in how much they worry. For some people, they probably spend more time than that, and some people probably spent significantly less. 
there was a, an exasperated husband and he looked at his wife and he said, why are you always worrying about things when it never does any good? And she responded by saying, it, it actually it does do some good because 90% of the things I worry about, they never happen. They never happen. And how true is that? How true is that? As we've done through the rest of the series, we're going to work verse by verse. So verse 6 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So what Paul here says here is very similar to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. Do not be anxious. In terms of anxiety, in terms of worry, it's the same word that's actually used. The word merimnao, right, is the same thing that the idea of, of caring about something to the point of worry. It's the idea of carrying burdens, letting them weigh on you, letting them tear you down. Paul doesn't say don't be wise, doesn't, don't, doesn't, don't be smart, don't be careful. He says don't worry. Don't be anxious. He, says, don't make a, he doesn't say don't make a plan. He doesn't say don't be prepared. He says don't be anxious. Don't live in that state of worry where your burdens carry you down. Here we're given a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not an encouragement. It's do not be anxious. As believers, as Christians, do not be anxious. It's the same thing we see in Matthew chapter 6. Do not worry. Why? Why are we not to worry? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. But the truth is that anxiety, that worry, is meditating on your fear. You know, we talk oftentimes about meditating on the Word of God. When you, when you read a Bible verse and, and you, you pray over it and you ask God, God, show me what you want me to understand here. Communicate that to me. Help me to understand, Lord, what you want me to see here, what was going on here. But anxiety is the opposite. It's sitting there and meditating on your fear. Right? Well, what, what if it rains today? And, and I have an event outside, and I'm really worried about it. And I, I you know, if I, stand, if I think about it long enough, maybe the rain will stop. But, but what about this? And, and what about that? And, and we can go on and on and on. It's meditating on your fear instead of trusting God. But it's so common today, isn't it? And I, I, I don't mean this statement in, in trying to make people victims. So I want you to hear me. I want you to hear this today. But the enemy is working in a great way to cause a state of anxiety all across the globe. A system of anxiousness. Like the news. Gone are the days where the news was just shared where it was just reported. This is what happened, and this is what happened, and you make up your own mind. Now, everything is agenda-driven. Everything is ratings-driven. And oftentimes, things have to do with anxiety. What's going to bring people back? Well, if they're really worried about this, and they're probably going to be paying attention to this. And I know you know that. Whether it's family things, the state of the nation, the sin that abounds so greatly, the lack of morality, the fear of job security, health care struggles, future struggles, future concerns. The reality of it is, is that the enemy is working regularly to put you into a state of anxiety. To where you look around at all of the chaos that abounds, and let's be honest, there's a lot of chaos. 
Because we live in a Genesis 3 world, a fallen world, a sinful world. But Paul says, don't be anxious. But Paul says, don't be anxious. And where is Paul when he's writing this? He's not sitting on the beach. He's sitting in prison. He says, you know what? Brothers, don't be anxious. Trust God. I came across a story the other day, and it said a very nervous airline passenger began pacing the terminal when bad weather delayed his flight. Have you ever been on a plane before when there's been bad weather? Right? Or are you seen it outside? And uh, anyways, he was walking through the airport. And he comes across this machine. And I think if they had these machines in airports, they would make so much money. But it was a life insurance machine. And all he had to do was pay $3 for $100,000 in life insurance in case his plane wouldn't make it to its destination. He looks outside at the rain. I think I actually have a picture of the rain, don't I? Is it going to show? Maybe? It might not work. It might not be visible enough. But he looks outside at the rain. And he looks at the machine and he says, you know what? The only responsible thing I can do is pay $3 to get that life insurance. Three bucks to get that life insurance. So he gets life insurance. And then he realizes, as some people do, when some people are anxious, when some people are worried, they don't eat a thing. Right? That's me. When I'm worried about something, I'm not hungry. Some people, when they're worried about something, eat everything in sight. Right? And so this guy was one of those people. And so what he does is he, he gets his life insurance and he has his little ticket, his little proof. And, and he says, you know what? I, I am really hungry right now. And, and as airports do, there's lots of restaurants around. So he goes to a Chinese restaurant. Eats this huge plate, chicken lo mein. And at the end, he opens his fortune cookie. And it says, your recent investment will pay big dividends. <laughs> Don't be anxious. Trust God. Well, you know, I think we read this, and we, we read Matthew 6, and we read, we read Philippians 4, and we say, well, that's great, Paul. You know, Lord Jesus, I understand what you're trying to tell me, but, but how are we to live a life without anxiety? How is that possible for me to live a life without anxiety? Well, the first thing we have to do is understand the spirit that the Lord has given us. 1 Timothy 1.7, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. See, it's the enemy who is causing that anxiety in your heart. It's the enemy who wants to see you live in a place of anxiety. So Paul lays out a plan. He says, listen, don't be anxious. And when those thoughts of anxiety come, when those thoughts of worry come, when those thoughts of concern come, here's how I want you to approach it. I want you to take it to God by prayer and supplication. Now, remember right before this, last week we looked at the verse that said, Rejoice in the Lord always. Right? Rejoice in the Lord always. And so we bring that into this. And Paul says, in everything by prayer and supplication. That means when those thoughts of fear and worry come, you take it to God. And that means that when those thoughts of rejoicing come, you take it to God. Oftentimes, for many people, prayer is a last resort. When prayer should always be our first response to everything that happens in life. How many times have you lost your keys before somewhere around your house? I tell you, before my wife bought one of those little key things that you hang your keys on, these were gone every day. And I remember looking through the house for them, and I'd find them eventually. But what's our response when we find them? 
Great, I'm going. What if our response was, thank you, Lord? God, thanks for leading me here. I remember growing up, my parents would do that with everything. Every, it seemed like everything. The response was always, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. For things that were so easy, things that people would take for granted, the response of my mom and dad was always, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. And I remember because that became ingrained in me. I'm going to put them back in my pocket so I don't have to find them later. But see, as believers, we always have something to be thankful about, don't we? It's always something to rejoice in. Paul says here, what I want you to do is by prayer and supplication. So here's, here's Paul's recipe for working through anxiety. The first thing you do when those thoughts of anxiousness, those thoughts of fear come, you go to God with what? With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Oftentimes our response, when, when fears come, the first response is, Lord, I need this and I need this, I need this and I need it now. But Paul says, here's, here's what I want you to do instead of that. I want you to go to God and I want you to say, God, I want to thank you for how good you are. I want to thank you for your faithfulness in my life. I want to thank you for that time when I, I didn't see how you were working because there was a mountain in my way and I, I kept telling it to move, 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 and it never moved. And then I realized all of a sudden that you had it there for a purpose and a reason. You come to God with thanksgiving first. And then let your request be made known to God. And you might be sitting there thinking, you know, Tony, that's great. For some people, it doesn't work for me. I've made, went through too many things in my life. I struggle with anxiety here and there. I point you to 2 Corinthians 12, 9, which says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. See, God knows what you're going through. He knows what you struggle with. Uh, Newsflash, but things that you thought were secret aren't actually secret. God knows the battle you've been wrestling with in your heart. He knows how easy it is to put on a Sunday morning face and then go home and carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. But His power made perfect in weakness. Then we get to verse 7, and it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, what Paul doesn't say is that, listen, if you do this, you're never going to struggle with anxiety again. He says, listen, if, if you pray about this and you come with thanksgiving, you're never going to have a worry thought again in your mind. He doesn't say that. Instead, what he says is, if you do this, the peace of God guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus surpasses all understanding. You know, there's so many times in Scripture where, where we see God in such great ways beyond any explanation and understanding. Think of the passage in Isaiah that his ways are higher than our ways. Think of the disciples when they watch Jesus calm the storm. Who in the world is this man that even the wind and the seas obey him? And Paul says here, listen, this peace of God that I'm talking about, it surpasses all understanding. I think, I think uh, and I've heard so many testimonies of this. When people are going through such a tough time, and that peace which only comes from the Spirit of God floods your heart. And you can't explain it. 
Because what you should be at that moment is worried, and what you should be at that moment is concerned, and what you should be at that moment is overwhelmed with grief, right? That's what the world would say. But the peace of God floods your soul, and you can't explain it. I can't even tell you how many different people I've talked to, whether it's at a funeral or before a medical procedure, after a medical procedure, and they say, you know, Tony, I, I just I can't even explain it. But God's peace has flooded my soul. But God's peace has overwhelmed me. I wasn't worried. I wasn't concerned. I, I, you know, I, I'm, my heart's sad, but I have such peace. It's unexplainable. It's almost always the word that you hear used with it. Verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any, if there is any excellence... <clears throat> If there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So what we talked about anxiety is meditating on your fear instead of trusting God, right? Meditating on your worries instead of trusting in God. And then Paul says this. He gives them a command of, of different things that they are to think about. Why? Why do we do that? Well, I think the question that we have to ask ourselves is what do we allow our minds to be focused on? What do we fix our eyes on? You know, it's amazing how many different people I've met uh, who, who love, love music. It seems like music is just a universal language. But there are certain people who, who say, listen, I don't listen to any of the words in any of the songs. I just like the melody. Then you turn that song on the radio, and they know all the words because it becomes ingrained in our minds. Little by little, as, as we allow things to flood our minds, those things come out of our heart or our mouth. And I think you've seen it. If you allow your child to watch a TV show that's filled with profanity, you're probably going to hear your child speaking profanity. If you are watching a show that's filled with profanity, and you've never watched anything before, you might notice it in the beginning. But little by little, you might not hear those words anymore. What you fix your mind on matters because it's what you're putting in your heart. We're going to start something here at Mount Vernon uh, for the next couple of months from September through December of memorizing a passage of scripture. One verse, one verse per month. I don't think that's too much. I think you can do it. I know you can do it. One verse per month. And the first verse that we're going to learn is this verse. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Why? Because in a time, in a time when the enemy wants you to think about everything else, the Lord wants us to think about things that are true and honorable and just. One of the things that I've tried to do in my life is, is when I'm listening to a song or I'm watching a movie is put it through the filter of, is this true? Is this honorable? Is this just? Is this praiseworthy? Because what I'm allowing to enter my mind enters my heart. No matter how much you might say it doesn't, it truly does. 
The Bible says in Colossians 3.2 that we are to set our mind, set your mind on things that are above, not things that are on the earth. 2 Corinthians 10.5, and this is, this is King James, okay? So you're going to have a couple King James words here. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth, that's a good King James word, right? Exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing, look at this part, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Talk about a visual. Bringing into captivity every thought. Every single thought. That means that each thought that you have in your life matters. That it's not, well, whatever. No, take captive that thought. That thought that isn't true, that isn't pure, that isn't honorable, and say, no, this isn't from God. And I need to correct this. Lord, I need your help to correct this in my life. Cap taking into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I just imagine, I imagine a thought, and it's caught. This thought that wasn't true, that wasn't pure, that wasn't honorable, that wasn't of excellence. And it's taken and it's put in a place where it will be in obedience to Christ. Romans 8, 6, For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. See, one of the things we talk about so much in life is our hearts, but the battle's in the mind. The battle's in the mind. The enemy is working to bring anxiety, to bring discouragement. And Paul says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about these things. So next time you're driving in your car and a song comes on the radio, put it through this filter. Next time you're sitting at home and you're watching TV and a movie comes on, put it through this filter. And ask yourself the question, is, is this true? Is this pure? Is this something of excellence? Is this praiseworthy? You know, we always, people used to always say, you know, well, would you listen to this song if Jesus was sitting with you? <laughs> right? Maybe you've heard that before. Would you watch this movie if Jesus was sitting with you? Would you speak like that if Jesus was here? Well, he is here, right? I mean, that's, it's kind of a, a moot point because Jesus is always with us everywhere we go. But at times in life, we act like he isn't. And so we have this filter that Paul has given us that we are to fix our minds on. Setting our eyes on Jesus. Jesus is true. He is pure. He is excellent. He is praiseworthy. The famous missionary Hudson Taylor. Maybe you've heard his story before. If you're not, uh, we don't have time to get into it today, but he's definitely worth reading his bibliography. and uh, Bibliography. Too much schooling. Biography and reading about uh, his life. It, it is an amazing thing. Um, but let me read you a quote that, that he shared through the many difficulties that he endured in his life. He said, I'm no longer anxious about anything as I realize that he is able to carry out his will for me. It does not matter where he places me or how. That's for him to consider, not for me. For in the easiest positions he will give me grace. And the most difficult ones his grace is sufficient. Let me read it one more time. I'm no longer anxious about anything. As I realize that he is able to carry out his will for me, it does not matter where he places me or how, that's for him to consider, not for me. For, and this is, this is, I really want you to focus here. For in the easiest positions, he'll give me grace. And the most difficult ones, his grace is sufficient. See, oftentimes when we find ourselves in places of anxiety, it's because we're trying to solve problems on our own. 
We meditate on our fear and on our situation when there's nothing that we can do about it instead of trusting in the one who holds all things. And then Paul says this. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and practiced these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul's not just saying verse 6, 6 through 9, right? I mean, we see the whole letter to the church in Philippi. As you work through these things, as you practice these things, as you look at unity in the body and rejoicing in the Lord, as you look at how you respond to anxiety, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I truly believe that you can be a believer. I truly believe that you can be a believer and not allow yourself to experience the peace that God wants to give you. Because you don't surrender to Him. You hold on to things that you need to give over. And maybe that's you. Maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe you're, li- you're sitting there and you're listening today and you're like, I don't worry about a thing. But I think most of us do. Might not share it, might not make it public. But there are things that weigh on the hearts of each person. But as believers, we're assured of God's presence with us. And Paul says, follow these steps to experience his great and overwhelming peace. I was, uh, we were trying to get the internet working this morning, and um, I, I came across a song, never heard it before, Some by the name of Jonathan McReynolds, and uh, I'm going to close just with, with this statement here. Um, he said, May your struggles keep you near the cross, and may your troubles show that you need God, and may your battles end the way they should, and may your bad days prove that God is good. And may your whole life prove that God is good. I'm going to read it one more time. May your struggles keep you near the cross. And may your troubles show that you need God. And may your battles end the way they should. And may your bad days prove that God is good. And may your whole life prove that God is good. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word, for your truth. Lord, it's so easy to fall into a state of anxiety. Help us to trust in you. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on the one who never changes. The one who's always faithful, always good, always true. us to be mindful of what we allow to enter our minds, to be careful, to make sure that each thing that we allow to enter into our minds is something that follows the scripture. Don't allow us to be deceived or to make excuses. Lord, I pray for the one that struggles with anxiety greatly. I pray for peace to flood their souls today. Father, through your spirit, help them to surrender. In Jesus' name, amen.